Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. This week on the ASP, I sit down with voiceover artist Mella Lee. Join us as we chat about Miraculous Ladybug, Fate Stay Night, Lynn Beck and Lee, and Magnolia Memoirs. Enjoy! Alright guys, welcome to a very special episode of the Animation Station Podcast. We have a very special guest with us. The incredibly talented Miss Melody. How are you doing, Mella? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Now, um, do you want to tell our audience uh, just a little bit about yourself? Like, what do you do for a living? Um, I'm a professional voice actress and composer and songwriter. Um, I do anime, uh, interactive games, uh, voices for film and television in ADR. Uh, I do voice matching and voice replacement. And um, I... I'm just probably the luckiest person in the world. I love what I do. Excellent. Now, how did you get into acting? Well, I I think um, I did a little bit of, of acting in high school, and I really liked it. And I went to school originally um, as a theater major on a theater scholarship and then okay. switched to full academic. Um, just wasn't, at the time, I didn't think it was viable for me to be in theater so I loved acting, but theater wasn't my thing. I know some people will say, oh, man, that's terrible. I just didn't have it in me to, uh, to skip physics and math. I was too too much of a geek, I think, to just <laughs> be a drama. And so I was, um, I went back to academic full-ride scholarship at Pepperdine and um, really wanted to focus on things outside of theater and, and got really interested in economics and finance and algorithms. And, um, and so I, I did some disaster relief and then I ended up working with some banks and um, in the middle of all that you know I'd heard a lot that I had a good voice and Mm -hmm. I should do voiceover and it wasn't the dream that your parents want for you but I went ahead and took a class Uh, one of those you know four weekend workshops where you kind of get to dabble in each of the areas so for me it was audiobooks um, commercials animation and then promo and I, I loved it. And I ended up um, doing a lot of audiobooks for a minute and some commercials. And then I got to audition for um, an anime. And it was very random. And it was um, through a casting agency. They wanted someone who kind of looked like the character. I ended up not booking that character. Did, did, they, did they want you to look like a 10-year-old little Japanese <laughs> girl? I think they were kind of just somebody with long brown hair with this mysterious brown eyes. Oh, and gotcha. At the moment, that that was me. And um, it was still just a hobby in my brain. So, like, I made a little bit of extra cash, but wasn't ready to leave, you know, um, stability of work. I, I still thought it would kind of like, I think some people think of, like, they love tennis and they're avid, but they're not going to give up their job to be amateur tennis players. And at this point, working once or twice a year um, on a series, although it was amazing and fun, it wasn't realistic in my mind to just go for it. But I loved it. And um, 
eventually uh, there was a little bit of a hiccup for the stable job. And because I was available, I started getting cast in more and more anime and then in voiceover for ADR for film and television. And kind of before I realized, between 2007 and 2010, I became a full-time voice actress. And awesome. I didn't notice. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I kept taking extra jobs because in my brain, I've lost my banking job. That's really stable. So I was, you know, doing, uh, I was parking cars for Valet of the Dolls in Los Angeles because I'm really good at paddle shifting and stick shifting. <laughs> and I uh, worked for Malibu Maid Service and catering. And, and um, come 2010, Fate Stay Night that I'd been cast in, mm-hmm. um, they asked if I wanted to go to Comic-Con. And I thought it was because I'm in a show with Vic Mignogna. So they just want like a girl, I guess, to balance it out. But not thinking that, you know, um, that it was going to be such a big deal. And, and then uh, I did Vampire Night. I'm sorry, I skipped over. So I did Fate Street Night and then Vampire Night for Yuki Cross. And um, then Yuki was on the bags at Comic-Con. And it suddenly hit me that that anime wasn't... And like a small niche, it had kind of gone mainstream. Yeah, and it was overwhelming because one of my first uh, conventions ever was Comic Con in San Diego. So I just I felt like the fans would come up and they'd be so nervous, like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous!" And I think, "Yeah, me too." <laughs> my heart was just jumping out of my chest, and um, I I still thought probably up until a couple of years ago that I was just super lucky and. And um, I hope I get to do this, but not not planning on it. But 10 okay. years in, I think I can kind of. Yeah, you think, think I'm going to fight for my spot. <laughs> I want to do this for the rest of my life. I can't think of anything with with more creativity. And, and it's great because my nerd side that seems so far away from acting it's like I'm in heaven here. Like we get to explore worlds um, for film and television. I do ADR. And for listeners that don't know what that is, it's it's post-production voice. Um, so sometimes it's background voices, but other times it's voice matching or voice replacement for stars that can't make it to the soundstage. And so you get to work on these really great shows, technical shows. I, I work on Gotham and a new oh, really? show, The Wisdom of the Crowd. Yes. Um, uh, and so I, I did some voice matching for some pretty famous characters, but one of them, his voice changed. <laughs> so now he does his own stuff. Uh-huh. I do a lot of voices, but 17 year old young Bruce Wayne is not going to be one of them. <laughs> oh, so you were doing Bruce's part. Oh, wow. <clears throat> some of those voice replacements, we, you know, when, it, before a guy's voice has changed, it's, it's a little bit more like ours. And so grown gentlemen can do a lot of things, but they can't unchange their voice from a man's voice usually. So um, just interesting stuff. And getting to work like Wisdom of the Crowd with Jeremy Piven right now um, for for CBS, we, we research data mining and structures and algorithms and what you would need to do to pull out information from open source code for apps and and just talk about it. And it's just... Amazing, because you know, the geek can use thinking. I get paid to just learn stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. So, uh, so Vampire Night was that your first? Uh, so that was like your first real taste of. Oh my gosh, this is a thing, and I, I am this now. Well, I, I'd, I'd had a couple of leading roles in in things I'm very proud of: Fate's Tonight, Rose yeah. and Maiden, 
starting the Blaze Blue franchise. But Vampire Night was the first time where I went to Comic-Con San Diego, Melbourne, Sydney, Auckland, and London. So in one year, it, it was the first time I realized how global anime had gone. It was breathtaking, mind-boggling. I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I keep thinking that moment to me was like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> where you think all the tickets have been given away, and you're just, you know, oh, hey, I'm happy to have a candy bar. And then you get a golden ticket. And all the other kids are like, hey, whatever, Chocolate River. And I'm like, it's a Chocolate River. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's the best place in the world. They fly you everywhere around the world, and you get to meet fans that – you know, are probably just as geeky as I am. And you get to meet new friends and just, I, I, I'm sorry to gush about it, but I I literally won the lottery. Like it's it, it doing a lot of these interviews. It takes a lot for me not to, you know, fanboy out. So I'm I'm right there with you because I mean we've talked with some I mean some really cool people and I'm like oh man I just I just want to talk about Ren the whole entire time <laughs> so. Um, now, uh, just we'll just kind of expand on, you know, uh, fate. Um, is that one of your favorite? Well, let's let's just go ahead. This is, I was saving this for you know a little bit later. But what's one of your favorite um, characters to voice? Well, I love that Yuki Cross got to go from being a, a young woman into who she really was. I love the themes that Vampire Knight addressed with clashing cultures and and finding the good in both sides and and condemnation and how how ineffectual it was in evaluating people or or beings and so I, I appreciate that it took me all over the world but my first kind of big lead was fate stay night and and the director um at the time was christy reed and she really walked me through it and and voiceover and anime is very much a director's medium you don't see the big picture um i do remember getting cast in in, in the original fate stay night and, and just googling and looking up on the internet and at the time i didn't quite understand and the difference between official images and fan images. So up came the most popular images. It was like me in bed with um, Saber and Naked. And I was like, what did I just sign up? Yeah, you got you got a safe search on on that one. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I asked Christy, she's like, no, 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 that's fan art. Oh, that's good fan art. But it was just, (laughs) we had to, like, dial it back. And I was excited. And to be able to begin really my, you know, my professional voiceover career kind of there, and be able to revisit it in Fate Zero, and then to see it on a, an enormous screen um, at uh, uh, Anime Expo, it, it, and the 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 care that the artists have taken, and the dimension. So it wasn't just that the scripts have grown, but to watch this ten-year arc, basically from the beginning, the first time I played it, to not just visually and acting and culturally, to watch the phenomena of anime and its reception and its importance in Western culture now. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt super honored. And and we have Heaven's Feel, which um, by the time this, this airs, I'm not sure if it will already have premiered in the States, but um, not in English yet. Yeah, no, so, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> it's it's one of those um after uh unlimited blade works came out i was just like itching for a new one i'm like come on i need i need these i need more of these characters right oh well heaven's feel is so edgy and just striking and i'm i'm excited that um uh anaplex is is really giving its all and um supporting the the actors and the directors and and the medium it's stunning 
And uh, yeah, I was I was gonna ask. Um, yeah, so you came back for Fate Zero from Night and then to Zero and then then to you know the Unlimited Blade Works and everything. So how was that going from how you would normally voice Ren, like how you previously did on uh, Fate Stay Night, to having to transition into Zero? Um, well, I had been cast um, doing younger voices, so it, I think they didn't want her to be a baby. She was very mature for her age, and mm-hmm. so I, I was really honored to. to be brought into that part of the franchise and explore um, the youth of her and the precociousness. And and I, I love that you can explore your hero's flaws before they've been sort of forged through the iron. And and some of them not. I mean, she she's a little bit familiar to me. <laughs> I think all of the heroes we get cast in, there's a bit of truth in it. So I, I loved seeing the history of Reen and... Um, vocally speaking, it was another stretch for me, and um, I appreciated that opening doors for me in the future to play younger characters. Excellent. Now we did have one of uh, one of my previous hosts. Um, they did send me a text message because they have a question for you. Um, Great. She wanted to know. Uh, hold on, I apologize. Let me pull it up here. Um, <laughs> she wanted to know um, how destroyed is your voice after working on uh, Miraculous Ladybug as Tiki. Not at all, actually. Really? Um, no, no, it, it doesn't hurt at all. And um, ironically, for some reason, every time my sessions come up, because I don't have back-to-back sessions, really, it's maybe a couple of hours at the most. But it's usually, since it's only a couple of hours, and they're working around other schedules like Christina's, where she has to be there for a week at a time, mm-hmm. they'll either put me at the end of the day or first thing in the morning. So it'll be nine o'clock in the morning, and I don't know why, but it's always the day after a Magnolia memoir concert, <laughs> or sometime where I've had three days in a row on a film and I'm exhausted. So I come in, it's like, oh, Marinette, and she's just, she's just the nicest girl in the whole wide world. I love her, and and so it's this this voice which doesn't hurt, but at nine a.m. every now and then it sounds like Tiki's been smoking, <laughs> <laughs> and we have to go. <clears throat> okay. Let me do that one again, because <laughs> you're just a little rattly in the morning or at the end of the day. But um, Ezra, as a director, is really great, and and that particular voice is very natural for me. Um, as a singer, I'm a I'm a lyric soprano, so that's definitely in my range. And so I appreciate playing the higher voice characters because it's a whole part of my vocal range that doesn't get to be used otherwise. Okay, now let's go ahead and um, talk a little bit about Magnolia, because uh, I know I had watched one of your anime unlocked streams. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was earlier this month when you uh, when you took us into the recording studio and we were listening to your um, to your performance. Oh yeah, that was that was amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing there? Well, or or, or, or sorry, sorry, may, maybe not that specific situation, but maybe a little bit more about Magnolia. Well, Magnolia memoir. Um, you know, three years ago, we we had a, a video called Odds and Ends, and Will Forte wanted to be in it, Doris, the late Doris Roberts. Um, we had uh, Josh Myers, uh, Seth Myers' brother, and mm-hmm. their big supporters, both of them, of Magnolia, and just several actors and actresses um, that wanted to support us. So we had this amazing video. Um, we were about to release uh, the single and um, possibly be on some really great late-night shows, and Sweet. it was a very exciting time, and... Um, then someone was texting and they ran a red light and broke my back. And it kind of meant that that wasn't the right time for us. 
So, you know, we continue to service the album and, and do placements for film and television. Placements mean, you know, other productions would use the songs, mm-hmm. uh, especially in Europe. And But we didn't really get to realize that dream that was happening. I had to, I continued working voiceover. By the way, the voiceover community during that time was um, such a family. I mean, more than even my own family. Uh, I woke up in the hospital and people from Bang Zoom were in the hospital with oh. me. And the next day, Yuri and uh, Lowenthal and Tara Platt were there. And just uh, Jason Charles Miller had come. And it just, there was this stream of support that that is so integral in my healing. It sounds like, a, like, walk a, again and, like a good family community. Oh, it's um, it's wonderful. When you see us laughing and we get to go to conventions together, that's just, we're so excited to see each other because a lot of times we're in shows together, but we don't see each other very often. Mm-hmm. So it was probably the most I saw some of them was in the hospital. Um, but we got to really talk about things that matter. And I that was when I knew that voiceover was it for me. Not just that I enjoyed it, but the t- type of people it attracts and and the support it created in my life um how would i get that somewhere else uh and so as i was healing um alexander burke and i who who are the key members founding members for magnolia we weren't really sure if it was going to be time for it to become just a composing entity where we continue to compose music for um gaming and and films and television Mm -hmm. Um, but Christina Aguilera's guitar player and someone who had played with Prince, who has since passed on, unfortunately, was kind of came up to us and said, I'm such a fan of your music. Um, would you be willing to write with me? Oh. Now, we didn't know if we were going to do an album, but who's going to say no? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> to that. And I, I mean, he's always said he was a fan. We would see him at NAM, which is this music conference, and, and we're friends through mutual people. So we thought he was a fan, but a supportive fan. We didn't understand that he was like, I love this band. And so we went and wrote, but thinking maybe it'll be for placement, maybe sell it to an artist. But every time they got together, we wrote another song and it was really good. And I, I understood in that artistic medium that I was a different singer. I was a different person. After flatlining in an accident, you just I stopped wondering, oh, what it would have been like had I not had the accident. I realized that this life I have right now is different and new. And, and as an artist, I have other things to say. There's an edge to me that I, I didn't really have before. Mm-hmm. And um, the universe opened up uh, an extraordinary opportunity for us to record at this multi-million dollar facility um, in Santa Clarita. And then uh, you guys got to see on Unlocked us streaming, mastering the album. And I'm glad you like it. That's those are literally sneak peeks. It's not on SoundCloud. Yeah, Spotify, it was nothing. really, really good. And it's it's beautiful and and it's nice to know. I think I think anyone listening right now has been to a place. I call it the death of dreams, where you think that everything's crushed and you just have to well have your second best life. But I'm constantly living proof that sometimes the math just has to be readjusted. Mm-hmm. But it. Can, still equal awesome i that's that's really good that i sorry i i was i wasn't expecting that's a really good that's a really good answer well thank you sorry no i i i um for those of you that are listening please support us at magnolia memoir um is on twitter instagram and magnolia memoir on facebook um and you're welcome to direct message say you heard uh us on anime um, station 
and uh, we will definitely get out some free links um, oh, so you can get a private sneak peek. Oh, awesome! Um, to the album, we'll, we'll have a VIP sneak peek page. So, uh, if you guys uh, want to direct message, is where do they reach you? Um, yeah, they can reach and, us. And I can send it to yeah. you. Yeah, and we'll put uh, we'll put links to okay. you know everything in the bio for uh, this episode. Great. Um, we'll make sure it's something special for you guys. Oh, excellent. Thanks. Um, now I just wanted to talk a little bit about your other show that you do. Your, your little, <laughs> okay. your little Lynn Beck and Lee. That <laughs> is probably one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. Uh, especially <laughs> like your stuff with Caitlin and Bryce. Oh, she's great. My goodness. It was one of those like I, I downloaded it on I've I've got YouTube red, so I downloaded it for work. So I was like, I'll mm. I'll I'll just be at work and this'll be on in the background and it'll be fine. And it's just going and going and I had to stop working. I was like, I can't I I'm I'm laughing too hard with Caitlin's stuff, so I can't I can't do my job, so I'm just gonna watch this. <laughs> I'm so glad. I mean that's the goal of it was just um, to share happiness and, and get people to laugh because what was happening with Eric and I, um, there's sort of a, a weird uncensored part of us. Like we, we can both be glamorous, but our core at our core, we're not, <laughs> we're, we're beautiful disasters. And so, um, my fiance who I'm about to get married to, he, um, he was like, you guys have to just do a show because we would we would actually come over and he would be in the room, but we'd f kind of forget and just start having these random conversations. And he's like, it, it, like 15 minutes would go by and he'd say, I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> and then and we'd be like, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Cause we would just get on these tangents and be laughing. And he's like, you guys just need to put a camera in front of you and just be you. And both Eric and I, one of our big things is to follow the fear, like things you're afraid of just conquer it, yeah. you know? And both of us were like, I'm so afraid to be on camera. Like as a voice actor in a booth, kind of there's this this power that you have because you feel like you can be anything. You can be a warrior princess, a magical fairy, you know, a badass, you know, soldier. Um, but how do we translate that into our real lives? Because we are those things, and 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 as women sometimes, and, and I, I hate, I don't say I hate, but I hate that sometimes women's um, issues get such a, a highlight, but men's um, self-image issues don't. I think yeah. we all have ideas of what a warrior should be, what a hero would look like. And I love gaming and anime because it redefines it. And it reminds you that the little guy, that the big guy, you know, the, the nerd, the geek, the smart guy, the super cute guy can actually all be um, heroes. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, well, let's just, let's do... Um, a season and a day. Um, Vic Mignano is going to be like, it was only going to be a couple episodes, but ended up being like, I think five or six. I think episodes. so. Yeah. It was, it was a good stretch where it was Vic and I'm like, okay. Yeah. And um, so we just, he just came and it, it, it's one shot. And um, we were trying to do bumpers, but we we're like, D is the camera on? Like we didn't know how it worked. We had all these film people that I'd met through the odds and ends video um, and they're all like big film people and they had such a good time on odds and ends they're like we'd love to support you whatever this Lynn Beck and Lee thing is so these are like big name folks and they just were laughing because we didn't know what we were doing but we didn't care there wasn't pressure it's not like we were on a set of a big film or something mm -hmm. so we just were having a good time and it 
turns out that everybody else was having a good time too. And then we thought, let's definitely do this again. And so whenever we have time, we, we film, you know, extra episodes and we just were learning. It's funny that you, we were so afraid of being on camera and now we don't even think about it. It's like being in your living room and having a bunch of friends hang out with you. Um, so we're going on to our, by the way, our next big fear. We're like, oh, as much as I like to sing in the group, like Eric and I want to sing together. We sang on Skip Beat um, for several of the theme songs. Mm -hmm. So our next um, big uh, thing that we're going to be doing in the next few months is the great cover-up. We're going to sing oh. and, and put, put music together and, and sing together. So that's our, our next big challenge. And Lynn Beck and Lee to the rescue. We're going to go to wolf rescue and kitten rescues and elephant rescues and Aww. kind of just take you guys with us. So we're going to get off the couch and go see the world together. That sounds awesome. <laughs> we're excited. Oh, man. Yeah, we're I'm I've, we're trying to get into the video area. It took us it took so long to get into the podcast trying to, you know, coax people. And it's like, it's not bad. We, you, they don't even have to see you. Just We're just going to talk in the mics like we're having mm -hmm. our conversation and and we'll go from there and then you know now i'm trying to be like okay let's let's do the same thing let's let's just do it in front of the camera right it's a it's a weird transition but you, you by the way your voice is like it was made for podcast and broadcast thank you and and just who you are as a person you're so um natural with conversation and again i, I love that youtube and the internet has given us such a an open space and an open canvas to see different body types, cultures, glasses, not glasses, like all of these things that that were kind of homogenous, I think, on television mm -hmm. where that was the world of television and then there's the rest of us. But YouTube has obliterated that. Yeah. The, the, the visual medium is now for any human being that wants to connect to any other human being. And it's not about being the skinniest or the tallest or the smartest. or It's just about being you. And um, it's exciting because that means there's that much more points of view that we can share and that we can communicate. Because I think for a minute, Internet maybe kind of took us away from connection. But I think Internet as a medium, um, and, you know, going into games, films, uh, projects, anime, discussion, podcasts, um, it's now bringing us closer together. Like, I feel like uh, we have fans from Limbeck and Lee, like from Russia, people that are reaching uh, yeah. out like, Russia? Um, but how great, because when else would we get to communicate on the level of being human beings and just smiling and laughing? And that's kind of important right now. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I, I, just like with the podcast, just going on and, because I can look and see where our downloads are coming from. And mm -hmm. looking on and just like seeing a country, like you're, you'll be scrolling down and you'll be like, "Oh, that's Estonia. What? That's right? that's super cool." Like, and we have a we have a really dedicated listener in Kanagawa, Japan, and I'm like, "Wow! I mean, talk with us more. I mean, I would love to have you on just to talk with you, but like, how you found this dinky little podcast? It's kind of like the new pen pal." I don't know if you exactly, had yeah. like pen pals. I don't even when it was just emails, but it was your connection to the rest of the world. And and you know, I'm old enough that there was a time where not it wasn't always internet and email, and you could just reach out. And I feel like now, gosh, to be eight or nine or ten, and you can be on a thread on just about any Reddit or or YouTube or anything, and be talking to people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. 
it's crazy awesome. It, it definitely for sure. Um, okay, now just we're gonna we're gonna change a little bit real quick. Okay. What is so you get your role of a lifetime. What is going to be your dream role? Um, there's two. You know, I, I think my role of a lifetime would be in a like a Disney Marvel franchise. Okay. Um, uh, for animation for gaming. Um, I, you know, both Eric and I are waiting for our AAA game. Uh, I'm excited and I, I have an unusual situation in anime and in film and television where I've been allowed to, you know, see a character through for a 10 year arc. That's Mm -hmm. pretty unusual. Yeah. And right now the number one place to do that would be in games and as a, as an actor. And I finally have admitted that I'm an actress. (laughs) I'm like, I was the, the geek in me is like, no, I like math, but I'm like, I have a degree in theater. Let's just, it's like everyone has, you know, a skeleton in the closet and mine is that I'm actually creative and I love acting. <laughs> I'm finally coming out of the closet. Um, but I would love to have a, a you know, a, a franchise game, a triple A game, I think. Um, but I, I think the role of a lifetime right now, um, there's a lot of things I can't quite talk about right now, but, gotcha. um, my life story is pretty extraordinary and and this past year like some harry potter stuff happened that was just there was a tear in the universe and something impossible happened and beautiful and strange and extraordinary and and i'm in the middle of writing a book and then it's about to be optioned for a film and so i i think the role of a lifetime for me is is going to be playing me awesome and getting to share this this beautiful thing that's been happening in my life i mean obviously some of it's voiceover but they're i i'm really touched in a closer environment the people that know what's happening in my life Mm -hmm. everyone has a similar story and and um so i'm understanding and i hope our listeners know this is sometimes when you go through a tragedy or something that's you know quantumly changes who you are um it changes the world around you and there are ripples that that go across the universe and and be prepared for it to come back to you. It's kind of like when the tide goes out, it always comes back in. So when you're going through a really difficult time and 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 trying to be a person of character in all of that, trying to ha- hold on to hope, um, it's not just so that you can get to some other disaster. That thing that forges the iron in you, it makes you a warrior. It makes you a king, a queen, a uh, you have the ability to be a beacon of hope to so many people that you're this horrible thing that you might be going through is actually your gift that will allow you to um, make a difference in this life. Awesome. Now, do you have any upcoming projects that you want to, that you want to promote anything that you're allowed to talk about? <laughs> That's the worst. Exactly. Yeah. That, There's that... two things that I'm super excited about, but I can't talk about them and they could have something to do with roles of a lifetime in in said uh, <clears throat> franchises. But uh, of course, season two from Miraculous is coming out. Um, I, we haven't heard anything official for Heaven's Feel, but if anyone's listening, of course, I want to be Reen forever. <laughs> <laughs> that is my role of a lifetime. Like I think, you know, um, even though it kind of switches over to Sakura, um, Christina V and I are like crossing our fingers and we're just so excited. Um, there's a lot happening. Um, game wise, I, I, I've been doing some great games. Um, 
some of them I'm like, ooh, when is this coming out? Are we allowed to talk about it? Uh, but TV shows, yes, those are great. Uh, it's talked about Wisdom of the Crowd, Damnation is a new series that's, that's out right now. Um, Gotham, of course, which has been a real blessing. And, and boy, it gets dark. It's, it's like when you're a kid and you're reading a comic book because it's not something that's existed before, all of these backstories. Yeah. Um, it's who knew we could grow up and make money being kids. It's awesome. awesome. Um, I'm working on, I just finished law and order. Um, the Menendez murders, which is kind of dark and, Hmm. and strange and amazing because it happened here in Los Angeles. So the geek in me that loves um, legal process and, and criminal justice and, and, just how much social mores of the time will affect our points of view uh, for crimes of the century, per se. Uh, um, I am fascinated with cultural um, changes that occurred in Los Angeles in the 90s and and how we are still feeling those those reverberations and waves because I live in Los Angeles now and, um, you know, it's it, it's interesting to see what has changed, what hasn't, and and people are telling the stories like you know straight out of Compton and and these these things that happened in the '90s in Los Angeles, whether it was earthquakes or or murder trials, um, you know, riots. It's been interesting to see what has and hasn't changed, and the landscape of of a city that seems really open but is just now getting into. Um, a much more open cultural discourse. That was probably a heavy answer. <laughs> but those are the projects I'm so excited about because I have to research and I have to learn more. Um, we have, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of like looking at stuff that isn't already out that I can talk about and I can't okay. talk about anything with Disney Marvel or anything like that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's the, that's one of the things that we've had problems with because like I know of kind of some stuff that's coming out that I've read on like forums. You should and talk stuff about like it that. then. If you've read it on a forum, then I'm. Oh not yeah, saying, yeah. Then it's what totally might be coming fun. out? What are you yeah. excited about? Yeah. What are you excited about? Do tell. Oh man. <laughs> that I might so be many in. Things. <laughs> uh, well, I heard you're going to be in the. Um, they're doing a new Star Wars spinoff, and you're the main character. So congratulations on that. And I've said it now. On oh, the you've pod- heard that. I've said it now on the podcast. Okay. So That's Disney news. has to make it sh- make it true. So yes, congrats thank you. there. <laughs> Oh man, but but really, we I, I saved an awesome. Thank you. <laughs> oh no problem. I saved one of the most important questions for last, and this is this is a question that um, one of our like my main co-host Gavin, his wife has for all of our guests. Um, what is your stance on shortbread cookies? Like, love them, hate them? Where do you fall? Repeat the question. Where do you fall on shortbread cookies? Like, do you like yeah. shortbread cookies, hate shortbread cookies? Yeah, I wanted you to repeat it because, I mean, hating shortbread cookies, I'm like, is that a thing? Um, well, my last name is McLean, so um, the Scottish person in me would say um, shortbread walkers. I mean, good shortbread, <laughs> thick, sweet shortbread, um, a glass of milk. I mean, that's kind of heaven. That's that's my opinion. Uh, I mean, for those of you that don't appreciate shortbread cookies, I happen to make an amazing uh, chocolate chip cookie and, and white chocolate chip and dark chocolate cranberry. I will be sharing my recipe on <laughs> melalee.com for the holidays. Oh, perfect. And uh, But shortbread, 
is that is that really are there people that don't like short like you've just my brain just exploded yeah she, there are people that don't like short yeah she's not a fan of like the the ones where it's you know super crumbly and everything like that mm, not a fan yeah of you know what though go to a good um british isle shop or um or you know go now that you have amazon you can get them straight there a good shortbread is literally like a biscuit like it's a shortbread biscuit like cookie and it's real thick and moist mm-hmm. um and not all crumbly wrapped in plastic and you know it'd be like judging homemade cookies by by chips ahoy exactly i think that's what she may have had maybe one of those sandy's chips ahoy ones like the pecan sandy yeah. ones it's like that's not the same well challenge accepted where, where does she live uh she lives here in oklahoma uh where i was born Oh, I see. You were born in Oklahoma? Um, uh, Tulsa. Really? That's awesome. It is awesome. But you know what it means during the holidays? I'm going to have to actually make some shortbread <laughs> and, and next day air it to her and see if she likes homemade shortbread. That would be amazing. So you'll have to email me her, her um, contact information. We'll, we'll chat and I will get her some actual shortbread and then we'll see what she thinks. Awesome. So so uh, well, well, now we're into the Oklahoma-ness, so... Mm-hmm. get ready for another six hour podcast so <laughs> so uh so you grew up in tulsa i did not oh, so i was born, born there and left probably months later ah. um, but i am choctaw and ironically i'm from mississippi band of choctaw um indian but there's a whole choctaw and cherokee uh, population right there in oklahoma mm-hmm. so no matter where i was going to be born i was going to be surrounded by by um family and friends of my culture so that's awesome it holds a dear place in my heart and my grandmother lived in in tulsa for some time um probably until i was 12 or 13 so there's definitely a connection with oklahoma that's great so so now you you're on that wonderful pedestal so it's going to go mela lee born in oklahoma brad pitt born in oklahoma so you're you you two are right there neck and neck so <laughs> well good luck to brad exactly. if he can get to the number two spot hopefully, i mean hopefully he could do something you know <laughs> we've got high hopes for him well let's all say a collective prayer to whomever you wish for brad pitt yeah. moment of silence <laughs> and moment done because oh, he's luck, richer than kiddo. i am so <laughs> All right. Now, Mella, where can everybody find you at? Well, right now I'm at home. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I am at home, but please don't perfect, come here. That's perfect. Um, goodbye. No, um, please uh, come find me on Instagram. Twitter uh, is the, T-H-E, Mella Lee, like the one and only. Um, Mella Lee at, um, and you can email me, themellalee at gmail.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I do have a private profile Um but, you know, what's private on Facebook? A lot of times people are like, oh, I only have friends and family on this page. I do have a fan page that needs lots of help. Please like Mella Lee on the fan page. But you're welcome to friend request me on the regular old page. Um, I feel like you guys are all my family. And let's be honest, Facebook isn't private. Oh, no. So um, a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't accept anybody except my close friends. Well, you know what my close friends are? My close friends. They're at my house. I feel like, you know, the next separation would be facebook and you are totally welcome at my facebook house anytime and please uh, magnolia memoir is also easy to find on facebook on twitter and on instagram and online uh, at the website is magnolia memoir m-e-m-o-i-r dot com uh, we have an album coming out this spring some ex- just 
beautiful um, visuals are coming. Directors are approaching us. And um, like we discussed, I will make sure that there's at least a sneak peek of one of our upcoming singles um, for the Animation Station crowd. Oh, sweet. Thank you so much. All right, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane, and you can find the podcast on Twitter at Animate Podcast, on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, on Facebook at Animation Station Podcast. You can also tumble us at Animation Ooh. Station Podcast. Yeah, we have that for some reason. Um, just because it's, you know, got to, you know, stay on everything pretty much. I'm not mad. I'm I'm following you on some of these right now. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Uh, and you can also go to our website, animationstationpodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and if you go to our website, you can click on the little podcast tab, and all of our episodes will be there. And we're also going to put all of Mela's info um, in the description of this podcast. Awesome. Awesome. So, Mela, again, thanks so much for coming on and talking with us. It's It's been awesome. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast um, as much as Josh and I did. Uh, it's almost like you got to listen to probably the best phone call ever. <laughs> um, and uh, true to geekdom, it's a Friday night. I don't know when this is actually going to air, but this is what we do in our spare time. Exactly. And I'm going to go ahead and use my regular sign-off. So for the Animation Station, I'm Josh. I'm Mella. Okay. Do it again. Do it again. All right. I'm going to go ahead and use my normal sign-off. So, for the Animation Station, I'm Josh. I'm Mella. Bye-bye, little butterfly. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Animate Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And join the conversation at SecretSuperheroClub.com, where you can connect with our podcast friends, Cloud City Cast, Getting Into Comics, and Sean of the Gathering. 